couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy Placido, and the Celtics beat the Atlanta Hawks 129-121. This was a game that was a lot closer than the final score may, may portray. Uh, we're going to follow today's podcast, same as usual. This was a fun one. Uh, we're going to follow, same as usual, run through play of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, talk about where the Celtics stand in this series uh and wrap up we'll try to keep this one quick here but to get things started gotta give player of the game to maskless jalen brown uh and the reason i say maskless jalen brown is because jalen brown with the mask was pretty bad uh really bad actually but he came off and just dominated the second half so at the beginning of the th- the second quarter, Jalen Brown had he was one of nine from the field, took his mask off and just dominated, absolutely dominated. Uh, he let's see here, he had nine points at halftime on four of ten from the field, one of two from three, and that was after a abysmal first quarter. Two points on one of seven from the field. Again, started that second quarter, missed his first two. Immediately after he takes takes his mask off, he hits a pull-up three off of a Time Lord screen and then followed by another transition finish. So Jalen Brown, immediately after taking that mask off, goes off. Has seven points in that second quarter. Uh, After that, had another 10 in the third quarter followed by another 12 in the fourth. Jalen Brown, once he took that mask off, absolutely dominated this team. Again, after a one of nine start, he ended the night 12 of 22. Right? Crazy. Absolutely crazy efficient night. He ended the game 11 of 13 from the field after taking the mask off. So Jalen Brown took it to a completely different level and was just super efficient in this one after a incredibly inefficient start. 12 of 22, 3 of 4 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line. Uh, had four rebounds, three assists, only turned the ball over twice. Looked really good out there in that second half. Uh, or really, I guess, final three quarters. But Jalen Brown looked really good. Who also looked really good was Jason Tatum. You know, this is a this is a game where Jason Tatum honestly shot horrible again. 31 points, 8 for 20, 4 of 13 from 3. So his shooting splits, I talked about it after game 3, his shooting splits were actually worse tonight than they were last game. However, his game tonight, 0 points were what did I look up and say, "Wow, Tatum's playing bad." And the reason being was because he was contributing everywhere. Absolutely everywhere, not just on the offensive end. Obviously, he ended the night with 31 points, seven rebounds, four assists. But defensively, he was a man on a mission. He had three blocks in this one, and they were like statement blocks. Like statement. At the rim, swatted it. Like looking like Time Lord. Like beautiful, beautiful defensive game from Jason Tatum in this one. And he was also very aggressive. 
you know, got to the free throw line. It was 11 of 12 from the free throw line in this one. So Jason Tatum stepped up, did what he needed to do. Again, struggled in the first half as well. What's funny about this game is the Celtics outscored the Hawks 35-25 in the first. We outscored them 30-28 to in the second. And neither Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown really had a good first half. You know, Jason Tatum had 13 points at halftime. Jalen Brown, again, only nine points at halftime. So despite neither of them really playing that well, the Celtics stepped up. Why and how? Everyone else played well. Marcus Smart, give him a ton of credit tonight. 19 points, four rebounds, four assists, eight of 14 from the field, three of eight from three. People have given Marcus Smart crap all season long about shot selection, about not being as good as Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon. He shouldn't be playing as much as he is. Marcus Smart shut everybody up. The last two games, I loved his game last in game three as well, but tonight, really solid, solid performance again in this one. Uh, Marcus Smart stepped up, played a huge game. Derek White stepped up, played a huge game. 18 points, two rebounds, two assists, uh, seven of 14 from the field, four of nine from three. The Celtics put together a pretty complete performance in this one. You know, the only starter offensively that didn't look phenomenal was Al Horford. Uh, He had zero points in this one. However, one of his better games rebounding, 11 rebounds tonight, five assists. He also led the team in assists tonight. Two steals. Looked really solid on the defensive end. And honestly, he looked really solid on the offensive end as well. He just didn't shoot much. He took two shot attempts, both from three, missed them. So be it. The ball movement was great. Al Horford did all the little things. There's no secret and hide. Like you can't hide this, but he was a team high plus 17 tonight. And he had zero points. So looking at these numbers, you can tell that he had a massive impact. Defensively, he was solid. But offensively, he moved the ball really well. Really well. Uh, So you you look around, obviously, like the starting lineup came in, played really well. But you also got two huge performances off the bench. And arguably, one of the best games of the night was Robert Williams. 13 points, 15. 15 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks fouled out of tonight's game. But it was like one of the best games that we've seen from Robert Williams in a long time. Joe Missoula in game three did not roll double big lineup whatsoever at all. And he was asked about it pregame with Scal. And he said that we we're going to start going that a little bit more in this series. And in the first quarter, you saw it. It only lasted like 30 seconds in the first quarter before they took Horford out. Uh, But there were a lot of minutes tonight where you saw a double big and it worked. The rebounding numbers show it, right? You look at the the rebounding numbers in tonight's game, 49-42. We held the Hawks to just 11 offensive rebounds. Obviously, that number is still a little bit too big, right? You'd like to see it single digits. However, the fact that we out-rebounded them by seven says a lot about the personnel that was out there for the Celtics. And it was a it was a complete team battle, right? Obviously, you've got big numbers for Robert Williams, 15, Al Horford with 11. 
but you had everybody kind of contributing here. You know, you've got Tatum with seven, JB and Marcus Smart with four each, Brogdon four, Derek White's got a couple, Hauser had a couple. Hauser only played 10 minutes, he had two rebounds. So everyone that played chipped in and it helped on the glass. And that's what you need against this Atlanta team. The Celtics were the best defensive rebounding team in the NBA, and it was because we're a gang rebounding team. Everybody does it. We don't rely on one person to go out there and like get every rebound. Everybody chips in and does a really good job of it. You know, you've got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like averaging career highs and rebounding this year. There's a reason that the Celtics did so well in that category this year. They need to continue that because this Atlanta Hawks team can rebound. And when they do, they take advantage of it. Right. So this was another game. Like Atlanta played a pretty solid offensive game tonight, but the Celtics held them off the boards a little bit more and didn't let them get as many second chance opportunities in this one. That's the reason Celtics came away with this. Defensively, there were some really good moments, but there were also some tough moments, right? We'll talk about that in the second half here, but uh, really solid game overall from Robert Williams in this one. Honestly, one of the biggest plays of the entire game was the huge hustle play, diving on the floor after JB almost turned the ball over. John Collins goes... Jumps out of bounds, throws it back in. Robert Williams dives on the floor, gets it to Jalen Brown, and then has a monstrous dunk, huge dunk to go up. Uh, let's see here, one twenty three, one thirteen. After that, so this is Robert Williams having a massive impact in this game, and honestly, it happened on the offensive end as well. He was five of six from the free throw line today. He had three, three separate and one opportunities. Uh, that he cashed in on. Like he had a really, really solid game in this one. Uh, but it continued throughout the rest of the team. Malcolm Brogdon, another guy off the bench, 23 minutes in this one, 14 points, four rebounds, four assists, six of 10 from the field, one of two from three. Like everybody chipped in and played a really solid game. Celtics scored 129, uh, 25 assists. It's right around the number that basically should be our, our floor, right? 25 should be the floor. It's fine, right? Obviously, you'd like to see more up there. We'll take it. However, Celtics, look at the shooting splits. 46 of 89 from the field, 51.7% from the field. 16 of 40 from three, 40%. 84% from the free throw line, 21 of 25 from the free throw line. The Celtics took advantage of everything. This was a great game. Great game on the offensive end. Defensively, guys stepped up when it mattered most. Uh, first half defensively was fantastic. We saw a lot of you know games one and two in that first half. Second half wasn't as good, right? But the Celtics pulled out all the stops when it mattered most in that fourth quarter and had timely stops. There weren't stops all over the quarter, uh, but in the situations where the Celtics needed it the most, they got the stop. And they also scored 37 points, which is the most out of any quarter in that fourth quarter because you have Jalen Brown going off for 12, uh, but then you also have Jason Tatum 
going off for 16, right? So you've got both of the Jays combining for 28 points out of the team's 37, right? Unbelievable game. The stars step up when it matters. The defense comes up with a couple huge stops. Give Marcus Smart a lot of credit. A couple huge stops in this one. Robert Williams, a couple massive blocks. Huge blocks. And then he saved them to boot, right? Everybody stepped up in this one. But to me, the most important part of this win is the fact that the Celtics grinded through it. Right, this was an Atlanta Hawks team that came out, gave absolutely everything they had, and put up a pretty good fight. The Celtics battled through it. There's been a lot of times this season where games like this happen. The Hawks go out, make a run, get the lead down, and the Celtics kind of implode. Tonight wasn't the case. You know, this was a this was a game. Celtics had 16 turnovers. Right, we'll talk about that in the second half. A lot of opportunities for Atlanta to take advantage of that. We held them. We held them down. 11 points off those turnovers. Not that bad, right? Celtics, we had 12 on their 12 turnovers. So overall, you look, the Celtics won the won the margins, right? Joe talks about it all the time. We run the won the rebounding margin by seven. We had five blocks to their four. We had 18 points in fast break compared to their eight 56 points in the paint compared to their 44. Remember that was a massive difference in game three. The Hawks absolutely destroyed the Celtics points in the paint. Celtics were aggressive in this one. Sure. Still took 43s in this game. It's a big number, right? However, they also got to the rim. This was one of those classic games where the Celtics drive and dish, drive and dish, drive and dish or drive and finish, right? And that is why the Celtics' offense looked really good in this one. Again, putting up 129. I said it after the last game, too. You know, when you're putting up 129 points, you should be winning games, right? Obviously, it happened tonight, but we put up 122 last game. You should be winning games with that, too, right? Celtics didn't. Because we held the we gave up 130 points to the Hawks last game. Tonight, held it a little bit lower, but put up more points in the offensive end. Right? Obviously, that's not the goal. Celtics need to tighten up on the defensive end. Uh, but overall, this is a really good game. I do want to talk about the defense, though, because again, this was an issue in this game. Before we dive into some of the negatives, though, I want to take a quick break for word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. 
PD Properties utilize the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. All right, so want to dive through some of the negatives here. I'll keep this section short, right? Obviously, Celtics come out with a huge win, go up 3-1 in the series, but it wasn't a perfect game. And a lot of the negatives come from the drop coverage once again, right? Al Horford still played 34 minutes in this one. And while overall, I think it was a really solid game. The Hawks still took advantage of the drop coverage in this one where Trey young, DeJounte Murray go around to pick and roll Al, instead of switching fully drops. So, so Clint Capella cannot get an alley-oop and we saw Trey young take advantage of it again. And then in different instances where we did switch, Clint Capella got the alley-oop. So the Hawks just took advantage of the pick and roll all night. The pick and roll defense was bad in this one. And there was really no stopping it. Again, defensively, we gave up 121 points. This is still a game where defensively, you had great individual performances throughout. Great performance from Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Derek White again, right? Even Jalen Brown had a couple of excellent defensive plays. However, as a team, everybody needs to be more connected because far too often on the pick and roll, guys are either getting to the rim, getting to the mid-range, or getting Clint Capella for an easy bucket, right? And it happened over and over. That was their biggest source of offense. This wasn't a game where they went out and lit us up everywhere else. Trey Young, again, give him credit, 35 points, 15 assists in this one. Like he went out, did his thing. This he was 40% from 3, hasn't really shot that well in this series. Uh but he did tonight. From the field, he was still kind of a mess. 11 of 26, not very good, right? But from 3, 4 of 10, you'll take that every day. 40% is great. Obviously the volume's there. It's tough. Uh you're kind of okay with that. You're okay with him getting all those shots. However, what you shouldn't be okay with is letting him get the 15 assists. All right? And I'm not saying the Celtics should adopt the same method that we do with Philly. It actually should be the inverse of that. Let Trey Young do his thing, prevent everyone else from doing from scoring, right? The 15 assists is what concerns me. And a lot of that comes from pick and roll because guys are collapsing in on it because the drop coverage isn't working. So you've got guys collapsing in on the wings as well, trying to cover Clint Capella. And then Trey Young has someone out on the corner tonight. It was Deandre Hunter. A lot of the time, you know, three of six from three for Hunter, 27 points. Like this guy is not someone that should be going out and giving you 27 points ever, ever. But he's given the Hawks some really good minutes against the Celtics team. And it's it's frustrating, right? Defensively, we're better than this. But we're giving them a lot of easy buckets. A lot of easy buckets. So defensively, there are still issues the Celtics need to work through. Outside of that, 
there's not much to you know complain about. Celtics third quarter, we gave up 34 points. The issue coming there is the fact that we only scored 27. Right? Fourth quarter, same thing. We gave up 34 points. However, we scored 37. Right? There's the difference. The Celtics still need to work on the defense. But they also need to make sure that they're keeping up on the offensive level. Because from a talent perspective, it's not even close. The Celtics versus almost any other team. The Celtics have more talent. They're deeper than every other team in the NBA. And at times, they don't play like it. Particularly at the start of the third quarter. Which, if you go back to last year, was a strength of the Celtics. Third quarter, the Celtics came out firing last year. It's not happening this year. It's still early. You know, this is game four of the first round of the playoffs, right? But going back to pretty much the entire season, the Celtics have kind of struggled. They've come out fairly flat in the beginning of the third quarter, coming out of halftime. You don't want to see that, right? Because the Celtics went into this one with a pretty substantial lead. We had a 12-point lead at halftime. And then we go out, we get outscored by seven in the third quarter. And a lot of it started in the beginning of this. The Hawks got this down to a four-point game pretty early in that third. Right? Celtics battled back, pushed back a little bit. Uh, but still, going into it, they didn't have a big lead. Right? That's where the Celtics still have some work to do. Right? So to me, no win is ever perfect. This is this was pretty close on the offensive end, though. Again, defensively. Still some lapses, still some, still some things that the Celtics need to clean up for game five. But honestly, at this point, Celtics are heading back to Boston up 3-1 with a chance to win this in their home court. And we already have Philly waiting for us. Philly won their series. They swept the Nets 4-0. If the Celtics can pull this off, and I don't want to jinx it, you know, fingers are crossed here. Right, I don't want to jinx it, but if they can pull it off on Tuesday and win the series 4-1 at home, it's looking like round number two against Philly starts on Saturday. And again, because the Celtics were the two seed, first two games in Boston. So the Celtics will have five days to get back to Boston, relax, get a couple practices in, start scouting Philly. We've played them a bunch this year. We've had a pretty we've had pretty good success against them. And at this point, Joel Embiid is hurt. Doc Rivers came out, said that there was a 50-50 chance that he would be playing in game one. So the further the Celtics push this series out, if this goes to a game six, right? That game six would be on Thursday. That means game one of second round will be pushed out even further giving Joel Embiid more time to heal up. And I don't know if he's if Doc Rivers is just throwing smoke, but I, I'm pretty sure Joel Embiid's going to be playing in that second round. Obviously, you don't want to beat a team that's hurt. But at this stage, you're going to take every win you can get. And a Philly team without Joel Embiid is not a very scary Philly team. Right, we've talked about it on this podcast a lot. Joel Embiid is Philly. 
They run their offense through him. He scores 35 points a game against the Celtics. We kind of get we, we get killed by him, right? But our game plan every year, every game, is to let him cook, shut down everyone else. And the Celtics can do as good of a job at that as anybody else in the league because we have the defensive personnel to do so. And if Joel Embiid's not there, that job gets a hell of a lot easier. So much easier. They're going to have to run the entire offense through James Harden. And suddenly, a matchup with Marcus Smart and James Harden, and then having all of our other guys be able to match up with their you know, role players, it's pure domination. Obviously, not banking on Joel Embiid missing a lot, right? But if he can miss game one, again, take advantage of it while you can. Again, fingers crossed. I'm just saying I don't want to I don't want to look too far ahead here, but if the Celtics can wrap up this series on Tuesday in Boston, it'll make round 2 a slight bit easier. And in the playoffs, you take every advantage you can get. But that's where we're going to wrap things up for today, guys. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics?